Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. The scripture uh, talks a lot about associations. For instance, Proverbs says, he that walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. 1 Corinthians talks about evil communications corrupt good manners, and that's evil associations will alter and corrupt and cause decay in a good uh, manner of life and lifestyle. It matters what you're around. It matters what you fellowship with, what you hear, what you watch. One of the reasons we have faith school and we save this seat for you is we, we want you to come hang with faith. We want you to hear faith because in the world, you'll hear doubt. You will hear so much of the world is about producing fear, feeding fear, producing fear, and moving you to act in fear. You'll find there's two basic camps in the whole world, those that are motivated by fear and those that are motivated by faith. And you cannot get faith just anywhere. You can't get faith listening to ungodly stuff. The Bible said faith comes by hearing. Hallelujah. Hearing what he said. Hearing faith in God comes from hearing what God said about a thing. And so uh, uh, the spirit of faith is tangible. It's discernible. You can tell how much you should be around something, how much you should be watching and listening to it, by the after effect. You know what I mean by that? After you've been around it for two hours, how are you? Are you better shape than before? Are you encouraged? Are you edified? Or are you more upset, more mad, more discouraged than before? Well, if you're more discouraged than you were before you listened to it, if you're smart, you'll quit listening to it. Right? right? I said, if you're smart. How many smart people I got in the class? I want to see a show of hands. Look, I'm looking. Huh? Okay, now. So if you're more down after you talk to them about it, after you look at that and meditate on that, if you feel weaker and more hopeless, what should you do? Come on, help me out. Stop. Feeding on that. Stop listening to that. And sometimes you've got to limit who you're talking to. Because there's some people, that's all they're going to do is talk about how bad it is. I'm talking about loved ones. 
That's all they're going to do is ask you a hundred times, yeah, but how do you feel? How do you really, don't give me that faith talk, how do you really feel? You don't need that. Especially if you've been hit with something that's serious and trying to take your life or something. This is a real fight. This is life and death. You cannot afford to let somebody fill your ear with hopelessness and junk and defeated emotional stuff. You can't afford that. That's how you lose the battle. You need to be around faith. People of faith. Where, do you, where can you find faith? It's kind of rare. The scripture said that the Lord, when he comes and returns to earth, shall he find faith? Talking about how, Peter talks about how precious it is. It's actually rare. It's easy to find fear and doubt and unbelief and hopelessness. But finding faith is another thing. Oh, but when you find it, it's a breath of fresh air. When you find it, it's like cold water to a thirsty soul. I mean, it's, it's refreshing and it's invigorating. I remember back in the, um, I grew up around church and thank God for what we got. But a lot of it wasn't the word. It was religious tradition. And one of the first times I heard somebody actually ministering faith, in faith, and there's life in it. It's so positive. It was in the 70s. And I heard it on cassette tapes. And um, uh, I, my mind didn't even know what I had heard. But my spirit is going, yum, yum. I want some more. Why? Because my spirit hadn't been fed. Um, so many people are absolutely emaciated spiritually. They may have developed their, their head with education. They may have even exercised their body with natural things. But their spirit is just skeletal. Their spirit is emaciated, which is why they're so weak, which is why any kind of challenge, they just give up before it starts. Just hopeless in response. The Bible said in Proverbs, a strong spirit of a man will sustain him, even in bodily pain or trouble. The thing that will get you through the challenges of life is being strong on the inside. That's why we start every class by saying, what's happening here at faith school? My spirit is being fed. Not my head, not my body. We're not eating physical food here. And this is not just mental candy. This is the Word of God. Right? The anointed Word of God. And what that does, it feeds your spirit. And even when your head doesn't know, after you fed on some of this, the after effect is you, you're more positive. You're thinking clearer. You're looking the right direction. And we have all these sessions. We have, what, over 500 of these now online available to you. No charge for any of them. And, and it has a, a building and a cumulative effect. If you go back to the beginning, we talk about why faith, what faith is, how it comes. Then we just camped out in Hebrews 11 about what faith is, what it looks like, what it sounds like. I mean for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
And what happens if you go and, and feed on one? And of course, these classes are just what, like 20 some minutes? They're less than 30 minutes, a bite size, if you will. And you eat one, and you eat another, and you eat another. And if you do that on a regular basis over a period of time, you begin to get progressively stronger on the inside, and it has a displacing effect. You know, if you got a glass that had some milk in it, and maybe you got a little glass in the bottom, or half a glass of milk, and you put it in the sink, and you turn the faucet on, and the water's running into the glass. Well, in the beginning of it, you got a mixture of water and milk. But if you just keep letting the water run in, after a while, you got mostly water and a little bit of milk. But then if you just keep letting the water run in, after a while, there's no milk left in there. Right? The water has displaced it. And all of us, depending on what your background is and how you grew up, people have grown up with a bunch of fear and a bunch of junk and a bunch of confusion and all kind of stuff. And you will not get rid of that just by feeding on worldly and ungodly stuff. You won't get rid of it going to university and learning a bunch of stuff. And one thing you got to realize, just because somebody wrote a book doesn't mean they know a thing. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who's got degrees and they've written books and they're wrong about 98% of it. So just because it's a class, just because it's a course, just because it's a book does not make it true, does not mean that it will work in your life. One thing you want to check on somebody writing books, let's say they're writing books on a subject. Well, how are they in that subject? Is it working for them? <laughs> if it's producing nothing for them, why do you think it's going to work for you? But there is a book. I said there is a book that man didn't write. Man was only a vehicle for God to speak it through. And these are words that are eternal. They are true. They never fail. They work for everybody in every generation, in every culture, in every place, every walk of life. It is the word of truth. And Jesus said the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. So if you're wise, you'll want to do that. You'll want to feed on faith and feed on the word. And it will nourish you up in the words of faith, the scripture said. It'll build you up. It'll edify you. And that affects your whole life. It affects everything about you. How you see things, how you hear things, how you respond to things. Now we had noticed, and going back there again, if you would, to uh, Numbers, the, uh, the 14th chapter, we had noticed that the spirit of fear is looking back, always looking back. Numbers 14, if you'd look at it again, verse 3, they said, uh, why has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt, turn back to Egypt. 
Nehemiah, the ninth chapter, you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it. Nehemiah 9, 16 says, They and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to your commandments. They refused to obey, neither were mindful of your wonders that you did among them, hardened their necks. Isn't that what we kept hearing about in the, in the book of Hebrews? Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. And in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. Back to bondage. Now we, we talked about that. Why would, uh, would someone do that? Why, why would you even consider Going back to be a slave. Well, see, these things, they did happen naturally, but they also represent spiritual truths, spiritual reality. Egypt is a type of the ungodly world, and those without Christ are in bondage. Jesus said of, of whatever a person's overcome, the, the same is brought in bondage. You are not free to sin. That is a, a deception. Uh, and see, people fight for it. Well, I, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And so they yield to the flesh in all kinds of sexual sin and perversion. They yield to the flesh in all kinds of substance abuse, uh, alcohol and drugs and whatever. And then they find out Instead of me being free to do it, I feel like I have to do it. I'm, there, there, it's got a hold on me. There's a bondage. It's not free to sin. Sin is bondage. And the wages of sin is what? Death. God's not opposed to us having fun. He's opposed to us being destroyed. That's the thing. Man, if folks could just get that. Now, people are doing whatever they want to do in this world. And you can. But, again, that after effect. All you have to do is realize, what's it doing to me? What's it doing to me? And people realize, it's killing me. I mean, this meth amphetamine is killing me. This heroin is killing me. This alcohol is killing me. And, and anything that you got to hide all the time is revealing that you shouldn't be doing it. Huh? And so then it's, it's not I'm free to drink. It's I wake up in the morning and every cell in my body is screaming for some alcohol. That's not freedom. Can you see this? Freedom. Same thing happens with people in spending. There are people, they max out every credit card, they, they borrow from everybody they can, and then they steal, they steal from them the job, and just spend it, just spend it. Crazy, mindless stuff they already got 10 of. It's an addiction. And they feel like, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. They're trying to fill a spiritual hunger with a natural or emotional or physical thing, and it cannot be done. I said it cannot be done. We are spirit beings. 
made by the Spirit, the Father of Spirits, our Father God. And the only thing that satisfies Spirit is Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only thing, that's why the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but didn't say you couldn't have any fun. Didn't say you couldn't get high. Didn't say you couldn't be excited. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks. See, there, what people are reaching for is a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real Spirit. Huh? Natural spirits. <laughs> To try to replace the real spirit. Can't happen. Doesn't work. And that's why, you know, people just try to take more and use more and do more and get more. Looking for that high. Looking for that satisfaction. Looking for that, that next plane. And that's why people search after the occult. And they search after um, false gods and other religions. Because we're spirit beings. This is what we're made for. We are made to fellowship with God's Holy Spirit. Nothing else will satisfy. And when you yield to Him, you'll find He's got a plan. And that plan is not to go back. That plan is to move forward. Hallelujah. Somebody say forward, forward, forward. You know, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 7 and 10, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you. But Ecclesiastes 7 10 says, Say not, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? When the Bible says don't say something, what should you do? Don't say it. Don't say what? Don't say, why are the old days better? It goes on to say, you do not inquire wisely concerning this. That's a foolish thing to say. It's a dumb thing to say. Well, for one thing, the past is the past. You can't relive that. You, you can't go through that again. And see, they're talking about here in Egypt, let's make a new head and a new captain and let's go back. And in the truest sense, you can never go back. Oh, you may return to a geographic location but it's a different time. It's a different situation. It'll never be an exact replica of what it was. That time has come and gone. And the circle of those people in that environment, in that situation, that has changed. And trying to go back cannot have God's blessing on it because it's not God's plan. Let's make up our mind. We're not going to sit around and talk about the good old days. Hmm? You know, a lot of it's romantic anyway. I hear people talking about the good old days and they, their selective memory because there was a lot of stuff that was not all that good back then. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-uh. Don't say that. Why? Because you should be excited about the good new days. Is that right? The better new days. The better new days. What happens is when you look back is you freeze in progress. Progress stops and everything solidifies. 
when you decide to look back. Remember Genesis 19.26, what happened when Lot and his family were taken by the hand by the angels to get them out of Sodom and Gomorrah before that place was wiped off the map. But Genesis 19.26, as they were fleeing, Lot and his wife and his daughters, as they were running away from the destruction, the Bible said Lot's wife looked back. You remember that? Genesis 19.26. His wife looked back. That word look here means look intently. What is she doing? Oh, she, she so enjoyed uh, her mall and her country club. <laughs> And her shopping places and her groups that she was a part of. But it was so ungodly. I mean, the people were so ungodly and violence was so bad, you couldn't even have a guest come to your home without a gang forming at your door to try to rape and kill. And yet, her heart reaches for that, longs to go back. To that, and what happened to her? Anybody remember the scripture? She became a pillar or a statue of salt. This, see, these things are iconic episodes that forever portray eternal truth. What? You're in the middle of being spared by the mercy of God. When everybody else in the cities are being wiped out. And instead of running faster than you've ever run in your life. And thanking God that you and your husband and your daughters are being spared. What does she do? Oh. Oh. Beautiful Sodom. And she, she solidified. And that was the last thing she ever did solidified is looking back and longing for your previous bondage okay or to do even a little bit of man when you're tempted what do you do you, you better get a hold of yourself and say no 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 God's done too much for you boy is that right we're not going back we're going forward oh somebody say forward 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 go to Hebrews the 10th chapter please Hebrews 10. They said that at the Red Sea. They said that over and over again. They said that on the 10th time in Numbers 14. We're about to see it there in Numbers 16 where they're saying the same thing. We've got to get us new leadership. We've got to go back to Egypt. Got to go back to Egypt. Got to go back, back to bondage. We've got to go back. And this is a picture and description of unbelief. The opposite of faith. Hebrews 10 verse 38. It says, now the just shall live by what? Faith. But if any man do what? Draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Why? Because drawing back, pulling back, looking back, going back is the opposite of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's why looking back, 
longing to go back, drawing back, trying to go back, can never please God. Verse 39, he makes an affirmation. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition or unto destruction. Well, it destroyed Lot's wife, didn't it? Looking back, longing to go back, reaching back, it destroyed her. That was the end of her life. What about the people we've been reading about that every time something came up, they want to go back to Egypt. Was it their destruction too? They all died out there in the desert, never made it to the promised land. He said, we are not, go ahead and confess this class, say, we are not not of those that draw back back to perdition, to to destruction. destruction. We are not not of those who pull back, back, draw back, 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 look back, Go back. back. We are of those those who believe believe to the saving of the soul. soul. See, instead of destruction, you got salvation. Instead of fear, you got faith. Instead of pulling back and looking back, you got moving ahead, moving forward. Hmm? That's what Caleb and Joshua, man, they they jumped up. They, They made everybody so mad they wanted to stone them. But they said, are you kidding? Going back? Uh-uh. No, I have seen it over there. It's wonderful. Man, you got all these vineyards. You got all these crops. You got all these beautiful pastures for herds. You got all these wells and all these houses. Uh-uh. I ain't never going back to Egypt. I'm going to Canaan. Caleb said, you got that right. Amen. Me and you, buddy, we're going. And you know they did. I said, you know, they did when everybody else died young, died wrong, died dry, desolate, hopeless in the desert. Not Caleb. Not jo- they kept living. They kept living. And at 80 years plus, they made it in. Hallelujah. They made it in. They made it in. Faith will work in the middle of millions rejecting God and talking about how impossible it is. God will move heaven and earth for you, for two people in the middle of millions. He'll do it. He has done it. He'll do it again. Somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God. The scripture said, don't say what's the cause that the former days were better than these. Thank God for any good things that the Lord did for you in the past. But that has come and gone. And God hasn't run out of blessings. That's right. And he hasn't run out of better. I'm telling you, the Bible says in the ages to come, he is going to reveal to us the exceeding riches of his grace. He's never going to peak. He's never going to run out. It's going to just get brighter and better and greater and gooder. What do you think, class? Do you believe it? Said out loud, I am a believer. I'm not going back. Never going back to the bondage God delivered me from. I'm looking to the future. And my future is bright. I'm coming up. I'm moving out further and higher and bigger and brighter in the glory of God. Hallelujah. You keep talking like that, class, and you're going somewhere. Well, our time's up again today. 
but I know in my spirit, just like we were talking earlier, just like that water pushes out all that milk, this faith is pushing out all the doubt. Well, there's more to see. Come back next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.